Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 3. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Excited to join you this afternoon as we discuss all the fallout from the weekend's action and two rounds in to the Telstra Premiership this season. There's been some ups, there's been some downs, there's been some shocking upsets and there's a few teams that are 2-0 that some people might not have expected to be there like the Newcastle Knights, for example, probably the biggest shocker of the year so far was a dominant performance against the Tigers on the weekend. Also, Brisbane undefeated after a good win against the Bulldogs to end the round. Some shockers this weekend. I mean, the Sharks versus the Eels was a, a game that came down to the line. And Nico Hines, who had barely kicked anything all day, he slots it from near the sideline to give the Parramatta Eels the victory 18-16 on the Siren the Storm now are cruising 14-0 against the South Sydney Rabbitohs for a late Rabbitohs comeback. Uh, made it 14-0. It went to Golden Point where the Melbourne Storm under Ryan Pappahiansen after a mistake from the Rabbitohs in there in half. He kicks the match winner 15-14 result, which continued Melbourne's streak against the Rabbitohs in Melbourne to an 18-game winning streak. So we got so much to talk about in the show today. There's some huge games in Round 3 coming up, like the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters, the biggest rivalry and the longest rivalry in rugby league history. We've also got a big local derby between the St. George Oil Dragons and the Cronulla Sharks. A top-of-the-table clash against uh, with Penrith against the, the unlikely Newcastle Knights, who have already mentioned, who are two out of two. And the Melbourne Storm, who have had a poor recent history against the Parramatta Eels, who um, you know lost and looked a little bit flat last week. So plenty of big games to preview this weekend. I can't do it alone this weekend. That's right. I've got some special guests that are going to be coming in momentarily. Jake Barracosa and Matt Cosaru. They've both been on the show plenty of times before. And we're going to discuss everything and, and tip every game of this week's NRL Telstra Premiership. But I want to thank everybody for their support so far in 2022. It's been unreal to see you guys really checking in and um, contributing to the podcast success. So thank you so much, everybody that has done that over the opening round of 2022. Before we get to my guest, however, I'm just going to quickly plug my Facebook page. We're past 600 likes now. It is the best way to stay notified of all the updates every week and when the shows are going to drop. So please go and like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please subscribe wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts, wherever it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or Google Podcasts. And as I mentioned, my guests are about to come in. But before we do so, I'm just going to run through my team of the week for round two. And that fullback, I've got Ryan Papahiasen from the Melbourne Storm. Scored a try, kicked the game winner. There wasn't a huge amount of standouts in the fullback position, but Papahiasen was solid and a really good performance, and he was the difference maker on Thursday night. My wingers, Connor Tracy from Cronulla. I mean, he did technically play in the centers, but he's a utility that kind of roams around and, and plays a number of different roles for the club, and I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. Greg Marzo from the Gold Coast Titans scored a couple of tries. He's been really good, and, and it looks to have a very big future in the NRL, so he makes the other wing. In my centers, two guys that was absolute standouts during the week, Dane Gagai and Herbie Farnworth from the Knights and the Broncos. Gagai has been outstanding since going back to the Newcastle Knights. Um, scored both weekends, set some tries up. He is just on another level, and he is one of the main reasons why the Knights are traveling so well at the moment. His confidence and what he brings and what he brings from that Rabbitohs system over to Newcastle, it already is paying dividends for the Knights this year. Farnsworth, 
He scored a couple of tries, a controversial one as well on Sunday night, but a really good performance by him. Um, in the halves, I've gone Tom Dearden from the Cowboys. He has been under a lot of criticism, him and Chad Townsend, as the Cowboys' halves, but he had a great performance there against the uh, against the a poor Canberra Raiders side. It was really a shocking result for me to see the um, the Raiders go down. Ben Hunt is my halfback, and you know, yes, the Dragons did lose, but he controlled the team so well. Ben Hunt, it was a great performance on Friday night, and an equally good forty twenty. In the forward packs, I've, I've gone Dale Finucane and Takiyaho as my props. Um, both really solid performance. Takiyaho over 200 metres on the weekend. And Finucane playing bigger minutes at Cronulla and really contributing um, to this resurgence and the, the excitement that's around Cronulla this year. In the hooker position, I went Harry Grant from Melbourne. I think he was the performer of the week. He just caused havoc out of dummy half for the Storm against the Rabbitohs. And... Setting up tries was a great kick to Xavier Coates for the first of the game, and he was just solid all around, all way around. My forward pack in the second row, I've got Viliami Kikia and Nate, and Nate Butcher. Kikia was at his absolute best in his 100th game, and we saw some emotional scenes before the game, and it looks like uh, bringing his family over has really got the best out of Kikia, but two very good performances in a row by him. Nate Butcher from the Roosters, Really good performance as well. Um, coming off the bench for them was really strong, so he gets a spot there as well. And Cam Murray is my lock from the Rabbitohs. Despite being 0 from 2, um, he was inspirational on the weekend. And it was a tough um, decision by Demetrio to start him off the bench, but when he came on, he played the full 65 minutes without taking a break. And um, I think it worked there for the Rabbitohs. I mean, he was influential near the back end of that game, and the Rabbitohs almost got over the line on the back of some great work from Kim Murray. My bench was Isaiah Yo, Satili Tupanua, Tyson Frizzell, and Corey Waddell. So that is my uh, my team of the week for round two. The only players that have appeared in both my opening rounds, teams of the week, is Isaiah Yo and Dan Gagai. The Roosters had three players in that team, which is the most for the week. All right, so that was my team of the week. As I said, we got plenty to talk about, plenty to preview for round three. Let me bring my guests in now. Here they come. Let's get to the round free action. And I'd now like to welcome my guest to the show for the, I think it's the fourth time, Mr. Matt Cosru. Cos, how are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good, mate. You excited to talk football again this season? Welcome back to the show. I mean, you're a veteran at this point. Yeah, thanks, mate. Still waiting for the first paycheck, but I'll always come back. Mate, that's what you're you're working towards your salary. So once we get that figured out, uh, you know, you'll be the first person I hire. <laughs> and for the second time, uh, he was he joined me during the finals last year to talk week two of the 2021 finals. I don't think he got a prediction right out of those two games, but he's back again this week. Jake Varicosa, welcome back to the show, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. How you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm excited to talk about some football. I mean, it's been a Tough couple of weeks for my tips. I got six in round one. I got five last week. I was four from four, and then only got one out of the last four games correct. So, a few upsets in there. Yeah, no, and um, and uh, yeah, surprised that Cos hasn't been getting paid for these because I got a hundred bucks last year. So that was supposed oh, to be oh, between oh. me and you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, obviously, we're two weeks into the NRL season. What are your takeaways? We'll start with you, Cos. What are your takeaways from the first two weeks? Who have surprised you? Um, you know, has the quality of football been up to the standard that you think it should be to start a season? Uh, the, yeah, the, the quality's been. Well, I didn't really get to 
didn't see much of round one because I was away. But I, I watched a bit. I watched most of the the games last week, and I thought the uh, the rule change with the six to go in the uh, forty meter zone has really made a difference straight away. And um, the yeah, so the quality of games have been you know compared to last year anyway. Every every you know every crap team was getting flogged by forty, and we're getting real close games like average winning margins like nine point one eight after two rounds, which is you know pretty good. So. Yeah, it's been close. There's been a couple of uh, big wins, but other than that, it's been pretty close. I mean, you mentioned the 9.18, I think it is, uh, margin for each game. That's actually the lowest since 2010. I think last year there was an average winning margin of about 15 or 16 last season. So yeah. these changes with the penalties in the in the, in the the own half to get out of your own half and then the six against only in the opposition half, I think it's been a really good mix in terms of... Uh, in terms of the game flowing, and we're not getting so many points scored. There's a little bit less points, but still enough to keep the uh, the audience engaged and, and and enough exciting football um, still still being played. But um, like I was having a look before earlier, and um, there's only been one score over thirty in sixteen games, which was Parramatta in round one. Last year there was six, and the year before was like. Four or five, so yeah, like point scoring, some um, you know, hard to come across in the early rounds. I actually like the closeness of the games and the less. I like the more emphasis on defence, which I think we've lost over the last few years. What about you, Barra? What have your takeaways been out from the quality of football in the first two weeks, and um, what have you thought overall of the NRL so far this season? Yeah, I've been enjoying the first few weeks. I think. I think what I love the most about the start of every season is just seeing if the if the chemistry kicks off and just how long it takes for some of the teams to kick off their chemistry. Like Newcastle at the moment is not a team that I usually go out of my way to watch, but I'm enjoying watching them play. Um, South Sydney, for instance, since Reynolds has left, has been interesting just to see if they can get it together. And um, I'll leave I'll leave that um, to you to talk about a little bit more as a South Sydney fan. But even um. Even teams like um, like the Panthers, like without Cleary, how they're clicking at the moment. And as you know, I'm a Sharks fan, and um, yeah, got a lot to say about Nico Hines and, and Moylan at the moment. And I think they, I think they, um, yeah, need to be given some credit. I mean, Moylan's been copping some slack in the past, but they had their grandstand finish on Saturday night, which was unreal. I mean, Moylan set up that try um, for Wilton, and I mean, Wilton was just running decoys all game long down that left hand side, and then. Uh, Moylan just held it for that little bit longer at the end, put Wilton over, and I think Nico compared his kicking game to Harry Grant. He was like, none from three, and um, and he comes out and slots that one after the siren. So, yeah, it was great, and, and that's and that's what the first few weeks were all about for me, just seeing if teams are able to, to make it work, and um, yeah, to see which alarm bells start to ring at some clubs a little bit earlier than others, so... Um, like, like the Manly Sea Eagles at the moment, that's a team that, that I've yeah, got a little bit to say about. So, Well, we'll get into specific teams with the, like, more in terms of each match preview. We'll talk about how the teams are going. But for both of you, I mean, we've got four teams that are undefeated. There's only four teams, which usually there's more yeah. after two rounds that have won both matches. We've got the Knights, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Melbourne Storm. We'll start with you again, Cos. Uh, and, and this question's for both of you. What team out of those four teams have impressed you the most in the opening two weeks? 
I'd have, well, impressing is probably Newcastle because Penrith and Melbourne, you kind of expect them to be there. If that's kind of a given that they're going to be 2-0. and But Newcastle, especially the, I wouldn't say criticism, but uh, the doubts over uh, Clifford and Clune, who used to play for St George in the halves there with Mitchell Pearce uh, over in England. And they done the Roosters in round one, which no one really expected. And, well, you know, round two was diverse and pretty much nobodies. The Tigers were just pathetic, like, but you know they still won. So um, yeah, Clune and Clifford have been the surprise packet so far. Whether they kick that up, who knows? We'll find out. But yeah, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of question marks about the Knights heading into the season, mate. So, um, I mean, I think everybody did, especially with Clifford moving over from the Cowboys. We didn't see the best of him in that club, but yeah, you're right, he's really performing at the start of the year at, at the Knights for sure. And um, Tyson Brazell's just picked up from last year, even though they didn't have the best <coughs> overall. They did, did they finish finals last year? Oh, yeah, they both Yes, that. yep. Uh, yeah, I think he's been the best uh, second rower to start the uh start the season absolutely um do you echo the sentiments barra obviously newcastle big surprise package this season i had them as i said finishing 14th i think but uh obviously they can still do that it's only early days but the way that they seem to be playing for each other is really impressive and um even when they scored tries in that game against the tigers last weekend you saw in the like you saw the huddle of, of the players get together they they controlled their breathing and you saw guys like Rizel and gagai um, who have you know been recruitments of the Knights the last couple of years really take leadership and kind of try to keep that intensity and, and keep that competitiveness for eighty minutes, which was really impressive to see. What do you what do you think of the the four teams that are undefeated? Are the Knights the biggest, the most impressive team for you as well, Barra? Yeah, I think I've got to say the Knights are the most impressive there. I mean, the the Panthers have not impressed me. I mean, they scored no points. Uh, during the second half, even Lomax went off to the sim bin for 10 minutes and they still couldn't put any points on on the Dragons in the second half. And I, and I wasn't impressed at all by the Storm versus the, the Rabbitohs. I mean, that that Rabbitohs performance usually would have the Melbourne Storm putting 40 on them. So some, something wasn't clicking there. And uh, and that leaves us with two, with two teams left, and that's the Broncos and um, the Knights. So, I mean, Clifford and Gagai... Playing outstanding, Frizzell um, absolutely loved the role of captain, and I think he, um, yeah, really slotted them well there. Um, but then you got the Broncos, and I mean Reynolds. I, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I, I know that will work. That'll be fine. Um, and I know the South Sydney uh, ownership group has probably got a fair few missed calls on Adam Reynolds's phone at the moment. But Albert Kelly is somebody who I just did not know how that was going to play out, and. Um, and yeah, he had his hand in two out of the three tries for the Broncos of the weekend, and I thought he looked outstanding. So yeah, if you were to ask me which four of those teams I'd be I'd be impressed by at the start of the year, I probably would have gone the other two. But yeah, the Broncos and the Knights have been um, yeah red hot to start the season. We'll start with you with this other question that I'm going to ask. We're about to get into our footy tips for the week, but on the flip side, we've got four teams that haven't won a game: the Rabbitohs, the Warriors, the Tigers, and Manly. Barra, out of those four teams. What team do you think um, you know have disappointed the most? Have have been the worst out of those four sides? And which team do you really? Uh, which out of the four teams do you most expect to bounce back um, and be still threats, if any, this season? 
Uh, well, they've all been horrible. That's why they're. That's why they haven't won a game yet. But um, yeah, I mean the the Warriors. I mean the Warriors have put on six tries. They've scored three a pop in each game. I think um, with their matchup this week, uh, who the Warriors got? Tigers. Got the Tigers. Yeah. I, I think they'll do the Tigers this week, and I think they'll finally get a win on the board. So I'm optimistic they'll bounce back. I think their defense has been uh, pretty shaky, but offensively that they're putting points on the board. Um, the Tigers have looked horrible. Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Rabbitohs, I'll go into that in a little bit more detail when we get to the Rabbitohs game this week, but they really need to sort it out. E- even with Damian Cook being pulled from the field um, on Thursday night's game, I mean, like he was somebody who I thought was supposed to be the rock of this squad after Reynolds leaves and making a massive decision like that. It, is huge. But, but the Sea Eagles for me, the Sea Eagles need to sort it out. So if you were to say which team am I most worried about, it's definitely Manly. I mean, they started slow last year. Yes, they made the semis, but when they started slow last year, they didn't have Tommy. But they've got Tommy at the moment. And when Tommy came back last year, it started to work. Well, Tommy's there at the moment and it's not working. Now, Slater was talking to Kiri after the game and Kiri pretty much said that we have to individualise a game plan for, for Tommy Turbo. And um, and that's obvious. You, you, you win the Dalian, you're going to come out the next season and teams are going to be targeting you. Um, but, I mean, Billy Slater, the, the bloke who made that comment, he won the Dalian in 2011. And the very next year, the Storm won the comp. So just because you're being targeted and you're the best player in the game doesn't mean that you can just say, well, now there's a little bit more pressure on me. He needs to figure it out and he needs to make sure it works. But that's just going to take a little bit of time, I think. And, um, yeah, but they're the ones that are concerning me the most. Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments. I mean, mainly I had them finishing seventh in my preseason prediction. And, you know, they are targeting Tommy. They need other directions. I mean, Slater was, was such a unique case because they teams target him so much, but he still... Uh, he was he roams like Tommy, but you just couldn't stop him. And you know, Tommy went to heights so that we haven't really seen anyone really go to in 2021. His form was unbelievable, but I feel like the re- it, it's kind of like under eight football there at the moment, where they're just like pass to the Tommy, and if that doesn't work, we'll pass to our best player. If that doesn't work, we've got no other answers at Manly, and then how to sort that out. You're right as soon as possible. Absolutely. Um, Cos, what are, what are your sentiments on these four teams that haven't won a game uh, in 2022? Yeah, I pretty much like bang on agree with Manly. Like they were in the same position last year, except the only difference was Tom wasn't there, so they kind of had an excuse. But now he's there. But it's a, it's a mix of the the tweak in the six again rule and the fact that teams just have to go in with, uh, with a game plan on him. Like last year. The, it was pretty evident that no team, like the lesser teams had no plan against him and he was just running right. Like that game against Canterbury, 66 nil, he was just, you know, doing it for fun. And then you know, he'd done it to, he, uh, the, was it the Titans? They put on like 40 in the second half. Yep. Like they just had, teams had no plan to him last year and that's what, and he got to do whatever he wanted really. And it started this year, like, and then, they got to the back end of the year where they burst the good sides and minus the Parramatta game where they touched them up, Rabbits and Storm had the game plan to ta- like to take him out of the game and look what happened. The you know He barely evolved. Yeah, exactly. So teams have obviously worked on that over 
the summer over the pre-season and Penrith, Penrith always going to start hot in first game at home, Premiers always going to be hard to beat but um, I thought they could have given a better showing against the Roosters who were touched up the week before but I mean, even that even that Manly game where they were the the bookies had them pretty much um, equal going into the game, and I mean, Cleary wasn't playing. But if they were to match up again in round three, now it, the the bookies shouldn't even have them close. No, they should be at least four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if they can. We'll see if they can t- get rid of that tag that Ryan Girdley gave them at the back end of last season, and that was that they're flat-track bullies. They can only beat teams that are under them. Um, but we've talked about the first two rounds enough, I think. Let's get to the main portion of the, main portion of the show, and the action will all kick off on Thursday afternoon. We're going to be in attendance for it, most likely, all three of us, when the St. George Yellow Dragons host the Cronulla Sharks from Wind Stadium Thursday night, 8.05 p.m., Kozaru's got his dragon jersey on. He's excited to talk about this game. Jake Barracosa is a Cronulla fan. And to kick off Steve... To kick off Steve's NRL footy tips, Matt Kozaru's footy tips, and Jake Barracosa's footy tips this week, we've got this game, gentlemen, and it's going to be a uh, big game. Cronulla coming off a huge win uh, on the siren against the Parramatta Eels. Nico Hines, who couldn't kick anything... Slotting the goal near the sideline to win that game against Parramatta. Ruined my perfect round. I didn't know that other what games are going to ruin it. Buy stocks now. It's low. We're about to skyrocket, baby. <laughs> and the Dragons, the Dragons coming off a, a narrow loss to the Panthers. I think a lot of people expected them to lose that game. The Dragons showed a lot of fight, though, and they actually had an opportunity near the end of the game to steal the win. Also, some controversy in the HIA and... Dragons played pretty well, um, but heading into Thursday night, it's going to be a big game. It's a local derby. There's definitely a rivalry between these two teams. Uh, Kozaru, you're the Dragons fan on the panel. How have you seen the Dragons start to the season? Uh, you're one from one, uh, one from two, one win, one loss. Uh, but Penrith's, the Penrith loss, there was definitely some promising signs there. Oh, 100%. It's uh, been a good start to the year. Date back to the trials. Yeah, I don't want to bring it up in the charity shield. He's back where it belongs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mate, one in ten years, I wouldn't get too excited. But, yeah. but the trials, you know, you know, last year's well documented what happened there. Um, but yeah, round one wasn't perfect, but we won. That's all that matters. Uh, I thought our first twenty against the Warriors in round one was strong. We kind of like. Fell off there, lost lost our way. But in previous years, we would have probably gone on to lose that game, but somehow found a way to win. And yeah, last week was you know I'd be lying if I said I was over it. It's still hard. Um, we gave them a good run for our money there. Uh, obviously, you know it's been well documented about the uh, Jaden Sewer sin bin. Should he have been binned, or shouldn't he? have been binned, you know, it's it's done now. They made the decision on the day. Vice versa, uh, you've got the Sean O'Sullivan. Should he have been taken off for a, for a head injury assessment or not? So, what they've done, because like, he laid down, the, this independent doctor thing that's in the bunker has intervened and said, look, you've got to go off, you've stayed down, you've been on the ground for over, you know, however long he was on the ground for. Um, and then, like, I saw on uh, 360 last night and they're saying that the Dragons were contacted saying that if Ben Hunt stayed down when he was hit 
the pen of God would have been Symbian. So it's like, well, you know, what are, are we supposed to be uh, like telling our players to lay down? Like that's not how I want you know the game to go. But uh, other than that, I thought we played uh, pretty well. You know, uh, Penrith didn't play great compared to the week before, but you know, you can only play what's in front of you. And I thought you know, defensively, the first couple of weeks have been really good. Our attack's been a bit scratchy. But, you know, that's expected in the early rounds. So, yeah, we'll see how they uh, they fire up this week against the Sharkies. Are you confident going into this game? Uh, from Yeah, yeah, from what I've seen, you know, especially defensively, you know, we've, uh, that's, a, that's a strong point of ours, a strong improvement in the off-season is, is the uh, forward pack. And then if someone drops out, you've got a like-for-like replacement type thing. So uh, I think the only change in the starting 13 is McCulloch Embi will start a hooker for the injured McCulloch everyone else is there and I think there was a late switch last week with the bell to the bench and Sims to the uh, starting lock and they've just pretty much named that straight away and we've got all forwards on the bench this week Four forwards are very interesting and it's something that I think the Dragons should be criticised for. I know that you've only got a certain number of roster spots in the 30, but when Andrew McCulloch goes down, and I know that Embi's uh, had a good first two weeks, but to only have one specialist hooker in your top 30, it's yeah. it's a little bit concerning for me that, uh, I mean, he's going to come in and do a job, but still, I mean, are you he concerned? Goes down, but um, in saying that, I know, I know you're, you're, you're ready to talk about Cronulla, but how have you found St. George in the opening two weeks of this competition? Yeah, I mean, they've been all right. I'm not going to give them too much props uh, two days ahead of a matchup on Thursday. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of opportunities that we can take advantage of. Um, I mean, Moses Sully and Zach Lomax combined for 10 handling errors through the first uh, two weeks. I think, I think Zach Lomax has been the sloppiest NRL player in the league with the hit, uh, with the ball so far throughout the first two weeks. I'm just talking stats here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean with, with those handling errors and our boys uh, breaking through the line, I, th- I think we'll be sweet on Thursday night. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Dragons are scary. They, they, de- they definitely have an opportunity to... To, to make a dent at, at us on Thursday. I don't reckon they have the bickies to get it done, but, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it'll be a good matchup. Um, uh, ben Hunt has to has to make a massive impact on the game. I think, um, yeah, that's non-negotiable. I think he's I, th- I think he's the second-highest-paid player in the comp this year. So if you're earning more money than Nathan Cleary and you're earning more money than, um, than Cameron Munster, then you better play like it. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be a good matchup. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about being a Sharks fan this year. It's, it's, and, uh, it's been a few seasons since I've, since, uh, yeah, you, you see your, who you're versing throughout the week and you get excited about it and, and, you, and you're optimistic is probably the word I'm looking for. But, I mean, Finucane, Rudolph, um, I, mean, I mean, playing outstanding. And the Nico Hines experiment, I mean, um, was sensational at fullback down in Melbourne, and there was a lot of, uh, I guess, 
uh, criticism about where he had decided he wanted to play and whether it was going to work. But I think um, I think he's been sensational through the first two weeks, and I'm glad he got his glory moment after the siren. I mean, yes, we're only in that position due to uh, the kicking uh, being below par, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he got that moment back at Shark Park for the first time that the boys had played at home in a very long time. Um, and yeah, looking forward to getting down to, to Wollongong this week with you boys to, to, to watch the game. Well, I uh, I personally had Parramatta beating Cronulla last week and I really have high raps on, on Parra heading into the season. I was really excited to see him and they weren't up to scratch last week. Uh, the Sharks, I think, have been decent. I mean, I reckon that that game against the Raiders, they were well in control and they kind of let it slip away. But obviously, Fitzgibbon was in COVID. They didn't have their coach on the ground. And last week, he, you know, he was there. He, he did make a difference to him, kept him kind of focused. I'm still not convinced about Moylan and, and Hines. I know that Hines had a lot of talk on him. And obviously, he kicked a match winner. Um, and he has some great moments of brilliance. But I just don't know if... Because for me, there's, they're two running halves. And Moylan... By the way, that last try might have been a forward pass. I just don't want to hammer too much on it by Moylan. But overall, I think you need to have a game manager in there. And they've got Trindle on the bench this week. So it'll be interesting to see um, how he gets used in the game. But I do think that there's a lot of confidence in the air at Cronulla at the moment. That was a huge game last week with their new stadium opening. I mean, the Prime Minister was there. He, he loves a bit of Cronulla, the Prime Minister. But he was, he was there in attendance in that game. And... Um, you know, the forward pack really has risen because of Dale Finucane's influence. I mean, the professionalism that he's added to the club has been enormous. And I think guys like Hemming, Newelli, and Rudolph have both stood up with Finucane there in the squad. Tolman's added some good experience as well. I think that it, we're, I think the first two weeks he's starting to get back to his best football that we saw a few years ago. I know he's on the back end of his career, but good job there. And um, yeah, there's a real air of confidence around the place. I mean, you sound confident as a. Uh, as a Cronulla fan, full of optimism, full of hope, Barra. For St. George, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I thought they'd lose by more against Penner if they showed some real fight. But it just seems to be that I don't know if they've got enough strike in their halves um, and in their spine in particular going forward. Ben Hunt was really impressive, but I haven't seen enough from Amone. Sloan had a quiet game last week, and I'm not sure about this M by McCulloch switch-up. I mean, you've got McCulloch... Admittedly, Kozaru, you said that McCulloch, you think they'll better than Embiles on the field. I think that McCulloch does a great job at straightening up the Dragons' def- uh, attack and, and playing more direct, getting the forwards in the right position to play direct. And I don't know if Embiles is going to be an 80-minute hooker for the Dragons. So I think there's concerns there. But overall, I've been pretty impressed by how they've started the season. They've started better than I thought they did. They showed some good fight to come back in that Warriors game. But for me, the Dragons are playing well in patches. Cronulla seemed to be taking... Uh, seem to just be playing a more consistent brand of football at the moment. It's still not all there for me, but to be honest, out of these two teams, I think Cronulla have had the better start to the season despite both both teams being one-to-one. But on Thursday night, what do you guys think? How do you think this game is going to go down? How do you think it's going to be decided? And uh, what what do you think each team has to do to win? We'll start with the Dragons. Because uh, what do the Dragons have to do to win come Thursday night? Barra said about five minutes ago, the 10 handling errors between the two centres, we've just got to hold the ball. We hold the ball, we've got points in this, 100%. I've got no doubt about that. So I've got no no problem with the, with the forward pack. You know, they'll, they'll do their job. But if we can just hold on to that footy, I think we've got points in this, and I think we will be hard to beat. 
first game down in Wollongong this year. What about you, Barrel? Does Cronulla have to do to get over the top of the Dragons? Uh, I think we just need to maintain the defence that we kept uh, versus the Eels on Saturday night. I think the, the Eels had us up against the ropes for, for that last 10 minutes going into the break, and, and we, we were keeping them to nil at that point. And then there was some Moses, sorry, um, some Mitchell Moses brilliance that um, individually broke it open and gave them that try before the break. But even, even when we came back out of the sheds, they had us up against the ropes again, and we were just pinned on our goal line for back-to-back-to-back sets, and we just kept holding them off. So I think um, if our defense can continue to be a pillar that we that we can rely on, um, I, I think that, yeah, that's something that will allow for our for our, our playmakers to, to, to do what they do best and go out there and score points. But I think there's one name that you and I haven't mentioned that I think's probably been the best player for Cronulla so far this season, and that's Kennedy. I think he's just, his involvement involvement in everything, especially when we move the ball um, on attack, he just slots in and he has his hand in everything. And I think um, him with Nico is a great little pairing that um, yeah has worked well for, last, for the first two games. So I've got Sharks by 10 in this one, um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I he's think... A very, sorry, he's a very underrated fullback, Kennedy. He doesn't get spoken about enough when you got... When you got fullbacks in the game like Tedesco and Pappenhausen and Tommy and Dufty, you just you've got no time for, to talk about Kennedy, you know, especially that last one, Dufty. There, he's been on fire. But uh, yeah, Will Kennedy is very underrated in my opinion. And as I said, look, I'm joking about Dufty, but the other fullbacks. When you got those fullbacks in the game, you know, Gutho as well. It's just you know, it's hard for him to get in that spotlight in that position. But I think he's yeah he had a great year last year and he's just started just the same this year. I think he's a very important piece to Cronulla because I think what he does is he takes the pressure a little bit off Hines and Moyland when they're attacking the opposition line. Like we saw it in round one versus Canberra. The game was on the line. The ball went at Kennedy. And Kennedy, he did make the error and they couldn't score the try um, late to tie it and, and win that game against uh, Canberra. But... You know, when the game's on the line, I think he's the guy that you want to turn to for Cronulla. You got Hines, you got Moylan, but I think Kennedy's been an unsung hero, and I agree with both of you. I think he's these last couple of years have been enormous, and I think that he is starting to get some more recognition, and I think he deserves a lot of it. Um, Barry, you said Cronulla by ten. I'm going to go Cronulla by six. I just think that the difference um, between the quality halves. I think Braley's been enormous for Cronulla this year as well. I mean, he serves that dummy ass being crisp. He's been finding opportunities to run the football more, which I think is an area that, of his game that he's lacked in the last couple of years. And as I said, the Dragons, McC- McCulloch does such an underrated job defensively. He's making 40, 50 tackles a game. I'm a bit concerned about Embi in the middle of the field. I don't know how how crisp that service and how he's going to be able to straighten St. George's attack and get those forwards to get the ball in the right position and make crucial meters. And I think that's going to be a real difference maker in this game, to be honest. I was kind of going back and forth on who to tip. Um, both teams have really good defense. I don't think we've seen the both the best from both teams yet. And I think that the win stadium advantage gives the Dragons a trial too. I think that that gives them a trial to advantage. Um, and I think it's going to be a near sellout. I think there's going to be a lot of fans showing up to this game um, because there's a lot of optimism about the Dragons' chances in 2022. But for me, um, Fix Given's done a great job bringing the best out of some of these underrated players, some of these unsung heroes like Kennedy and, and Brayley. And I think that, um, you know, there's just an air confidence around Cronulla at the moment. And 
I, I think there's some good things in the air at, at, at the club, and I think there's going to be a tight game. As I said, I don't think St. George is going to go down easy, and Ben Hunt was actually in my team of the week, despite being from a losing team. He was my halfback of the week last week. I think he was enormous. Um, but I think some of these other guys, like Amona and Sloan, it's going to be a week-to-week case with them in terms of how ready they are for the NRL. They've done good jobs in patches, especially Salone, but I think they both need to be more consistent and give Ben Hunt a little bit of help because he's going to be a targeted man. He's going to be a wanted man out there on Thursday night with those big Cronulla forwards, and I think that Cronulla are going to have a bit too much composure um, in comparison to St. George. So I've got Cronulla by six on Thursday night. What about you, Cos? so I'm going to tip, but uh, I've crunched the numbers, mate. We've, we've played eight times down here in the goal since 1999. We've come away 6-2, the Dragons. Uh, obviously, one of those was very controversial, you know, back in 2013 when Andrew Bafita planted the ball with, uh, with uh, I'll leave it to your imagine. But, uh, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty hard to beat down here. Uh, well, maybe not the last couple of years, but um, yeah, six wins, two, uh, two wins to the Sharkies down here. Yeah, back at the gong, as you said, it's a Thursday night, but I still think they're going to get a decent crowd. Um, I've got the Dragons by ten. All right, well that took that was a long that was a long preview, so we're just going to fly straight to the next game. I mean, I know you guys are passionate about your teams, but geez. Um, there's other games this weekend, so let's move on. We've got the Friday night games, and the action all kicks off. That Thursday night's going to be such a big game. The second game of Friday night football, which we'll talk about shortly, will be a, a big game. But this is just just a game where you can not even turn in, tune in and you won't miss a thing. It's uh, Friday night football. The West Tigers uh, from Campbelltown Sports Stadium will host the New Zealand Warriors. 6 p.m., both teams without a win. Um, man, the Tigers... I tipped the Tigers to beat the Knights last week, and didn't I look like a clown? They were horrible for 80 minutes of football. It was a disaster. I mean, I thought coming off round one, that performance against the Storm was really good, and you know they were in that game up to their eyeballs, but maybe we gave Melbourne a little bit too much credit in that game because they were awful last week. I mean, the only highlight for me in that Tigers outfit was Jackson Hastings. I thought he was easily their best player. Ran for the most metres. I think he was the only Tiger in the top 10 metre makers for the whole game. Um, but he's out. He's going he's suspe- well, he's, he's to fight the suspension of two weeks. But you've got to at least suspect he'll be out for at least one week. Um, they've named him anyway. Um, but if that's their only positive and they didn't look enthusiastic in attack, they were not tight in defence at all. Um it's going to be really hard to tip the, the Tigers this week. But they're versing a Warriors side that haven't been too impressive this season either. Um, losses to the Dragons and Gold Coast to start the year. It was a narrow loss to Gold Coast, but we definitely haven't seen the best out of the Warriors. And really, um, you know, Johnson's still out. Walsh is back in the system. A lot of question marks around for Nathan Brown to try to answer. Guys, uh, what do you think of this game? I mean, it's it's going to be a Dow encounter. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored because I'm not confident in either team's defense. Cos, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, or Barra, someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I think um, I think like I said during the preview to the show that the Warriors are somebody that I haven't written off yet. And I think um, they've definitely got some points in them, and I think that this will be the week that they uh, get get uh, two onto the ladder. Um, but I think that yeah, the Tigers can definitely spoil the day, but it has to be Luke Brooks to step up. I mean. 
Um, I don't know what is going wrong there at the moment, but I couldn't agree with more with you that Hastings is um, is the only one on their lineup that looks like he's throwing his heart and soul at the match. But Luke Brooks, yet paid eight hundred and fifty grand a year, mate. Pull your socks up and do something. Never um, played finals football. He's, he's been there starting <laughs> halfback for for going into his ninth season. I think he debuted in twenty thirteen, and yeah, hasn't even looked like. For, I don't know how he. I said it last year. I mean. It's just not working there at the moment. I don't know if he's going to go get to freshen up somewhere else, but you bring Adam Dewey back in this club halfway through the season, is Luke Brooks even going to have a spot with Hastings playing pretty well? Yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, money to have sitting on the bench, but you've got to win games at the end of the day, and he's not working. So um, 68% set completion um, for the Tigers, third worst in the comp. We, we are only two weeks in, but we're not seeing positive signs that are making us think that, oh, they're going to turn that around. So, um, yeah, I've I, I got the Warriors to win this game by six. I think that, um, yeah, I think they've done enough or showed me enough in the first two uh, games to, to get some runs on the board. I mean, it's an absolute joke when you think about it. I saw a stat the other day where if you go to since 1990, I think BR Main and West Tigers fans have seen their team in the finals in three occasions. North Sydney Bears got kicked out of the comp in 1999, and since 1990, their fans have seen them in the finals on six occasions. And they haven't even existed for 23 years. That shows you the difference. And I, I don't know what's going on at the Tigers. They've had about nine coaches since 2000. Tim Sheen's got them that premiership, but man, it is just a disaster there. Michael Maguire, sacking him's not the answer, but something needs to happen. I mean, they seem tired in round two. It is round two. It's not round 15. I don't know how you're tired and have no energy heading into a game in round two. And I tipped them to win the game. It was just one of the most frustrating experiences I've seen in football for a long time, apart from watching South Sydney's first two weeks. Cos, what do you think of this matchup? I mean, we haven't even talked about the Warriors, but they're all over the place as well. Yeah, well, the Tigers are that bad that, you know, it's taking the pressure off New Zealand. But, um, yeah, as you said, you can probably, you know, not tune in. Thankfully, I'm working, thank God, so I don't have to. <laughs> But, um, look, mate, I, I, I can't trust either team with my life. Uh, I, I also tipped the Tigers last week, because, but I changed my tip when Ponga was out and they still couldn't do the job. Then I'm reading earlier today in uh, a report about them being out playing the pokies the night before, and the last we heard of that was... Uh, 2019, if you remember, with uh, the Broncos when they played Parramatta in the final, and it was 56 nil or something the next day. And the the scoreline actually flattered West the other day, 26-4. Newcastle should have put 50 on them easily. So, but yeah, they just, as you said, they look tired. It's round two. They're already out the night before playing the pokies, having drinks, doing whatever. There's there's a culture problem there. There's there's something's yeah something's going on there. It's not Madge's fault. I, I actually feel sorry for him, to be honest. Having to work with that garbage roster and just yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about the Warriors quickly, guys, because I know you've already done your tip, and we'll go, do our tip shortly. But you look at the Warriors and Johnson's out, but even with Johnson, it, for me, it just seems like you've got too many creative guys there, and you've got a good forward pack. The Warriors, guys like Curran, Lodge. There's definitely people that can do damage in that side, but you've got 
Chanel Tito, uh, Harris Tavita playing fullback one week. Nikarima and Johnson in the halves. Johnson gets hurt. He's out. Nikarima's just also dropped. You bring in Ash Taylor. Him and Harris were the uh, Harris Tavita were the halves last week. They didn't fire a shot. You've got all these playmakers, but for me, you've got no leader. There's no direction anywhere in that Warriors team. I mean, it's what it's round three, and they're already using their third halfback. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's crazy. How That's can the spawn crazy. get any kind of correlation? How can Walsh come in and play his games if he doesn't even know who's who's leading the side around? So it's they've got, got to sort that out. and They need some sort of direction moving forward. Who do you have in this game, Cos? What did you tip, Barrow? Uh, Warriors, Warriors by six. Okay, I've got, got Warriors by six too. Yeah, I think we've so talked about. I think we've talked about this game long enough. I've got the Warriors by 16. I mean, I am not tipping the Tigers again for a long time. I've learnt my lesson after last week. It was horrible. It was very frustrating to watch. Um, but that is the first game on Friday night. The Warriors are all of our tips. Let's move on now to the biggest rivalry and the longest rivalry in rugby league. No, I'm not talking about the Sharks versus the Dragons. I'm talking about... <laughs> The two foundation teams going at it. It's the South Sydney Rabbitohs hosting the Sydney Roosters from Acor Stadium up there in Sydney, the new refurbished ANZ Stadium. And the Rabbitohs, they play their first home game in the season. Don't they need it? Because they're 0-2 and two. Um, for the first 65 minutes last week. What a shit show performance by South Sydney. It was just very frustrating to watch. It was horrible. Um, now pushing the pass. When they weren't pushing the pass, they weren't offering much of an attack. You saw a visibly frustrated Cody Walker for a second week in a row. Almost threw another intercept try. Melbourne were well on top and just dismantled the Rabbitohs early. Then all of a sudden, things started to go on right for the Rabbitohs. Um, they shouldn't even be in the game 67 minutes in, being down 14-0. But it ended up going to Golden Point after a two-point field goal by uh, Latrell to send it there. And then they dropped the ball like they had done so many times during that game. And Melbourne took advantage, winning that game 15-14. But really, it's one that the Rabbitohs should have won based on um, how the second half was progressing. And they let it slip. Obviously, they're missing Adam Reynolds. Obviously, they're missing uh, Wayne Bennett's influences. Uh, influence. Something has to be fixed there for the Rabbitohs. They're versing a Roosters team that, um, you know, they, they got a win on the board last week. It was against a pretty... Uh, bad Manly Seagulls side, but good to get some confidence. Walker and Kiri worked a lot better together last week, and their forwards seemed to fire. In particular, Tupanua and Nate Butcher are really good. Um, guys, it is the biggest rivalry in league um, in terms of two NRL clubs. These guys absolutely hate each other. And as a South Sydney supporter, I don't, I don't like the Sydney Roosters, but um, if there's one thing that might be able to get the best out of the Rabbitohs after their 0-2 start, it is versing the Roosters, because they usually seem to step up in these occasions Matt Cosaru, what do you think heading into Friday night of these two teams? How do you see this one going down? Well, it's been well uh, documented pretty much since the incident happened. And the draw was announced and the Latrell's return match was coincidentally against uh, the Roosters and Joey Manu. And then obviously the suspension was uh, reduced by one game and he came back a week earlier. But uh, yeah, so that's that's been the build up. That's what the media's going after. But at the end of the day, as an as just a neutral fan looking in from these two teams, it's always a classic game. No matter where they're sitting on the ladder, it's always you know a real tough tough encounter. And they both you know hate each other. To, you know 
hate each other more than the Dragons and the Sharks fans, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, you just got to think back, you know, 10, 10 years ago, those two classic games, round one and round 19, correct me if I'm wrong, Westy. That's correct. So, uh, I think Roosters got him in round one with a last-minute try, and then the infamous Warren Smith, uh, you can take me now, I've seen it all, Adam Reynolds try, like, just those type of games that get the, you know, I, I only get out of my seat from my own side. I watch every other team just the same. But, you know, those games just were incredible, you know, going back 10 years. And then you got the 20, 2013 preliminary final. I don't, can't remember who won that. Uh, the Roosters won that one. But we won the 2014 um, prelim. So, like, there's been a lot of classic battles. So, yeah, look, no matter where they are on the ladder, I know it's early days, so it's, you don't really go off the ladder for this one. But... Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the 0-2 and scratchy start that South Sydney have had will will be a non-factor this week for me. I think, I think yeah, the, the rivalry will bring the best out of them, and um, I think it'll be a close one. Uh, Barrow, what do you think heading into this game? How have you seen these two teams this season, and what do you think of the big rivalry between the uh, the Rabbitohs and Roosters? I want, I want to get excited about this game. I mean, like you both have just said, that the history of the two teams, there's usually a lot to get excited about. But I just I just don't know if this is going to be a game that you're sitting there on the lounge and it's half time and you're, and you're like, should I, should I change the channel here? I don't know if it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you were talking earlier about how you may be just a little bit worried with the... Uh, the Sharks halves that who's controlling the game there and, and for South Sydney that terrifies me I mean Adam Reynolds at the moment up at Brisbane looks like he's doing what he what he usually does best down at South Sydney and yeah I'm, I'm just looking at South Sydney and there was some moments uh, last week where it, it was just bad it, you, you didn't know who was leading the team uh, the offense that they'd kick the ball and it would go 15 meters up the field it, it was it was ugly, and I think if they do something similar this weekend versus the Roosters, they'll be down 18-0 within 18 minutes, and I don't know if they even have 18 points in them to make the game worth watching. So I, I, I really hope I really hope that they can figure it out, but they need some sort of leadership and they need some sort of um, so somebody to step up and control the team because I, I'm worried that the Roosters' outfit that we saw uh, last week, we'll just have too much class, and this game will get away from South Sydney too early. Um, mate, you, I, I, I echo your sentiments for sure, and um, you know South Sydney. When you look at their offense so far, I, I'm so it can't be Cody Walker's team. I mean, I think that's what they're trying to go with, and Lachlan Lachlan is still a little bit more kicking. He's a young kid. He's only played you know four, three, four NRL games at this point in his career, but. Something needs to change. I mean, Tat's coming back in a few weeks. It'll be interesting to see how slot him on the bench, in the centres, or in the halves, because uh, there, there definitely is something that needs to, there needs to be more control. Um, I know he's a young kid, but if he's not up to do the majority of the kicking and control the team around, you've got to get someone else there to do the job, because Cody Walker is getting visibly frustrated, and he plays his best football when he's at his creative best, just trying to make opportunities happen, whether it's his running game, or shifting out on that left edge, which was so potent in 2021, we haven't seen that so far really in 2022, so something needs to change there, um, this week, CS have kind of fixed up that edge defense, which I've referenced, um, 
They did it late in the game with good result by putting Paulo to the wing and Tane Milne out to the left-hand side. So the left edge looks like Walker, Latrell, Tane Milne, Alex Johnston. Do both of you, cause I mean, I know you spoke highly last year of this left-side attackive kind of um, ability that CS had, and Walker led the, the league in try assists last year. What do you think of this this reshuffle? Do you think they can get to their best back to their best on that left-hand side where they score majority of their points? Oh, 100%. Like their left, the left side last year was lethal, absolutely lethal. And, you know, they were putting on tries for fun. You know, on his day, his passing game is one of, if not the best, Cody Walker, that is. Minus, you know, obviously, it's well documented what in, in, in the grand final last year. But take away that, his passing game is just some of the best that I've seen in years, probably... You know, going back to Darius Boy's day in the in the big red V, you know, putting Brett Morris over for fun. What a hero, Cody Walker! Cody Walker was <laughs> Cody Walker was unbelievable last year. Alex Johnson, could, you know, that if that season went another ten games, Alex Johnson's looking at fifty tries in a year, and it was just unbelievable. And yeah, they've just got to yeah. I don't I don't know. As you touched on earlier, it can't be Cody Walker's side because how it worked so well last year was. Reynolds, that was Reynolds' side. He he was controlling everything, and that let Cody play his natural game. Where this young Lachlan Ilias is just he's way too young and inexperienced to be doing that, to be matching that. They needed to really go out and get a you know any, any halfback except Luke Brooks, but anyone. Sure, sure Sullivan's on the market. I mean, he's been doing a great job. Let's get someone to come in and do a job for a season or two. Yeah, because yeah, you, look, you you take. You took Reynolds and Gagai out, and look what happened. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, what, what for, a... me, for me, it's not, it's not about, um, and, and I mean, that there are a lot of issues that definitely need to be fixed here, but for me, they just need to call Adam Gilchrist and just get a catching coach, because at the moment, I think they've had 30 handling errors through the first two weeks, and then it's literally daylight until the second team. They've had yeah. so many handling errors. Learn to catch the football, and then we'll figure everything else out. But it's very hard to fix your problems when you're just handing the ball back to the other team all game long. So if you can fix that and have a bit more time in possession, I think that'll give them a chance to maybe yeah, fix a few of these problems. The, the Rabbitohs started last year in similar fashion. We ended up kind of getting it together towards the end of the year and making that grand final. But you're right. I mean, if we hang on to the ball last Thursday night, we beat the Storm and we just kept making it harder for ourselves because the Storm gave us so many opportunities to win that game and we just couldn't capitalise. Um, the Roosters, similar problems in round one. They kind of fixed it a little bit. They weren't perfect in round two by any means. Still a lot of handling errors by them as well. Um, but the, the half seems to gel a little bit more. Um, what do you... Uh, how do you expect this game to play out, guys? And, and who do you think uh, is going to take it uh, in these two teams with this big rivalry come come Friday night? And it's going to be an, also an interesting battle between Tedesco and Latrell at the back. I mean, we all know the history Latrell's got with the Roosters, but uh, two of the premier fullbacks going head-to-head. Uh, what do you think, Cos? Yeah, well, how I see this going on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, how do you think they're going to go? How do you think the Roosters have been travelling? I mean, what do you think? South Sydney just got to, you know, just go back to the basics, I guess. Hold on to that football. You know, as Barrett touched on, some of the errors last year, they were like schoolboy errors. And there was just a couple of moments in the game, I think, after the first try that South scored. And uh, uh, Melbourne kicked it off and um, Alex Johnson caught the ball. He could have easily put his foot out 
all you have to do was touch the ball. You don't have to catch it. So I'm not quite sure where their mindset is because that's just all you got to do is put your foot out, touch the ball, and you got a penalty, and then you're on the attack within 30, 20 meters out from their line. It was just little things like that I, I picked up, and but it was always going to be tough, no matter what. Losing uh, the halfback, losing Gagai, losing Bennett—it's always going to be tough. But as I said, this game brings the best out of them, so. Uh, I'm going to get my first upset of the round and I'm going to tip the Rabbits by four in a big upset. Uh, Barra, what do you think? I mean, uh, we haven't really touched on the Roosters. Do you think they're travelling okay? And, yeah, ultimately, who do you have in this game? I think the the Roosters are definitely travelling fine now after round two. After round one, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said something very different. Probably would have said something that would have been in line with what I thought the Sea Eagles' uh, performance was like after round one. But the Sea Eagles haven't turned it around, and the Roosters seem to have turned it around. Um, The spine for the Roosters was sensational um, in round two. That was excellent. I think uh, Tedesco was sensational in round two. But if you go back to round one, um, when they were getting absolutely blazed by the the Knights, yeah, I had a lot of concern then. But I think... um, I think the Roosters will be fine. I think uh, I've got them actually to do a little bit of damage in this game, and I've got the Roosters by 18. Wow, that's a big prediction. I I mean, the Roosters are travelling well, but I am of such a belief that this game brings the best out of South Sydney. And, um, you know, I, I feel like... I feel like we kind of saw it last year. I think it was in round three as well, where the, the Roosters are heavy favourites. Um, I think the cast of the new Thor Love and Thunder movie were at the game with Chris Hemsworth and etc. The Rabbitohs end up getting up and they had extra motivation that night. But I think that South Sydney can do it again. Um, I I saw it enough in that last 10 minutes last week, um, despite a terrible 70 minutes, to suggest that the Rabbitohs do have points in it in them if they can if they can put it all together. And I am a South Sydney supporter. Might be sounding a little bit biased, but I think that they can improve. You're right. They've got to hang on to the ball, and they need to fix the half issue. And whether it's, again, Ilias, he's got a lot of pressure on him. Um, he's, he's making some good decisions. He's making some bad decisions. I mean, he kicked down the full last week. If they can control with the kicking game, even if Latrell Mitchell comes in, who's a good goal kicker and helps with some of that general kicking, um, I think that... Uh, as long as as long as Sias are making the Roosters work it out from their own half and not giving them easy meters with handling errors, I think Sias might be able to get over the top of the Roosters. The Roosters give away the most penalties um, in a game, and they have for multiple seasons, and that's kind of the way that Trent Robinson coaches. I think that we saw it last week. If the Rabbitohs can get on the roll, they can score points quickly. And, um, you know, they could be down early in this game, and you said that, that the Roosters could be winning 18 nil after 10 minutes, Barra, but I think that... Um, if the Rabbitohs can start this game well and really compete, um, if they get any opportunity, I think they can take it. And if there's one positive that I've really seen from South Sydney despite a 0-2 and two start to the season, it's their defence. I mean, sure, Melbourne dominated them early with three quick tries, um, but then their defence really tightened up. In that game against the Broncos, they conceded one try from the intercept that Cody Walker threw and only one other tried the whole game. So I think that Seahawks have the defensive fortitude. They've just got to hang on to the football, and I think they can do that this week. I've got Seahawks by 12. I agree with you that the defense is definitely something that they can hang on to to keep them in games, but I think um, offensively, I haven't seen anything this year. Now, I know you spoke just then about the last 10 to 15 minutes of that game versus the Storm. If there was 13 men on the field for the Storm, 
I totally agree that, hey, they've shown me something. They've given me something that I can hang on to. But the fact that Melbourne only had 12 on the field, I guess they were just playing the overlap and they got themselves back in the game. So so for me, that that I, I, as a South Sydney fan, yeah, run with it. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think, I think because the Storm only had 12 on the field, that for me wasn't enough to say that, I, I, you agree with me. You agree that they haven't fixed their problems no, in that not last at all. few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just think that I can't get too excited about the way that that game finished, except for the fact that it made us all love NRL and that last two-minute, sorry, that two-point field goal by Latrell, everybody was loving it and it was entertaining and it was great. But, um, yeah, if, if there was 13 on the field, would, would that have happened? Probably not, but... Great rule change. It was exciting for the game. Loved the two-point field goal. I mean, I I, um, I can see where you come from. Cos, what do you got to say? I was just... Uh, actually, I just went into... Because I didn't really look at the teams for, for this week for that game. But um, I've gone on to Supercoach and noticed that Nat Butcher has been promoted to starting second row and Angus Crichton is off the bench. Interesting position. He played really good last week, Nat Butcher. So we'll see how that... How that affects. I just think that the Roosters build into their seasons to kind of counteract your point. I don't know if they're playing a, a great brand of football. They are my predicted premiers to Sydney Roosters this year. But I think that if Seahawks are going to fire up at any point during the season, it's going to be against the Roosters. And I think that they're slow starters. I still don't think we've seen a, a great football from the Roosters so far this year. Obviously, we haven't from Seahawks. Well, round, round one, you can look back at it now and say it was Kiri's first game in like just under a year. First time he played with. All right, we just lost them quickly, but uh, yeah, I think that Bar- uh, that Cos was about to say uh, that Kiri, you know, is is the main kind of factor there, and he, him and Sam Walker's combination is going to be really important. But uh, let's move on to the Super Saturday games. We're going to take a little bit of a break and, and get them back and continue with Steve's and our all footy tips. And it is my favourite time of the week. It's time for that time of the week where you can just sit down, have a few beers, and enjoy some football. It's Super Saturday. Four round three, and let's kick the action straight off. I mean, we've talked long enough about those first three games of the rounds. The action starts at 3 p.m. with a unexpected top-of-the-table clash. First versus second after two rounds. It's the Penrith Panthers versus the Newcastle Knights from Carrington Park. And, I mean, both of these teams, 2-0, uh, two wins, zero losses, and it's really been the Newcastle Knights that have been the surprise package of the season so far. Can they keep the momentum going where they're versing the benchmark? They're versing the Premiers, also 2-0. It wasn't an impressive performance against the Dragons by any means, but they got the job done. Um, Some injury concerns. Um, James Fisher-Harris has been named despite his... um, concerns last week with his shoulder. Ryan Toe is going to be out for six to eight weeks. Nathan Cleary has been named on the extended bench, but I think more likely that they'll keep his return for the grand final rematch against the Rabbitohs next week. Uh, but guys, big game, Saturday night, 3 o'clock. It's going to be an exciting one. Do you think Newcastle can compete in this team, Barra? Yeah, I definitely do. I, um, I have actually tipped it. Matter of fact, but I'll get, I'll get onto that a little bit later. But do I think they can? One hundred percent, I think they can. I think um, it's been a great start to the season for them. Jake Clifford has been a standout for me, um, and Gagai has just been playing outstanding football. Um, 
they beat the Roosters by 14 in round one, and that was the same Roosters lineup that smashed the Eagles by 14. So um, it's not so much that I'm back in the Knights in this game because I think the Knights are playing sensational football. It's got a lot to do with the fact that I think the Panthers aren't the Panthers of last year. I think if, if we were talking about the 2021 Panthers lineup, I, I'd be back in the I'd, back, I'd be backing the current Newcastle t- uh, side not to win that match. But I think based on what I've seen so far from the Panthers, and especially that second half versus the Dragons, um, and I'm not just getting hot about the Dragons right now because I'm versing them in 48 hours' time, but that that's <laughs> that second half. Uh, versus the Dragons, I just saw a lot of things from the Penrith Panthers that, um, that yeah, that, that they definitely need to get out of their game. So due to the way that Newcastle's playing at the moment without Ponga and without Clemmer last week, um, and, yeah, guys like Clifford stepping up, I'm actually going to back Newcastle in this one to get an upset versus the Panthers. That's a huge, huge call. I mean... They are welcome back. I forgot to mention the Knights by Ponga. Daniel Saifidi comes back into the team as well. Uh, Taylor May is going to uh, step in, the young, um, promising future star there for Penrith on the wing because Brian Toes obviously have two months. Um, but yeah, huge core barrel. I just think, um, you know, that every team's gunning for Penrith this year. And I think it's this is these few rounds and this season is really going to be the season where Penrith learn what it's like to be heavyweights of this competition. I know they've been up there for the last few years, but really now that they're premiers, they have to show up their best every week because they have to know that every other team in this competition is going to be ordered to make a statement. And the best way to make a statement is by beating the premiers. So, um, you know, they, usually when a team backs up, I feel they were fantastic against Manly to start their, you know, title defense in round one. But usually when a team backs up, they get things that go against them throughout the year. They're already starting to get some injury problems. Toho, Nathan Cleary. Toho is such a huge loss for this team because what he does, he adds two 250 meters uh, a game to them. I mean, him and Dylan Edwards are probably their biggest meter eaters. And, you know, Sean O'Sullivan's done a remarkable job stepping in the house. But this is kind of a vulnerable Penrith side that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, Fisher-Harris could be out. He might play, he might not. I mean, no, he's been named, but surely he's got to be in some sort of doubt. Um... The former kick-out and Martin has been great. But, yeah, you're right. They're a little bit vulnerable at the moment, Penrith. And I think that Newcastle um, are going to be out to make a statement. They're riding high on confidence. I wasn't convinced they could back it up last week against the Tigers. They proved me wrong. Cos, how do you see this game going on, uh, going, mate? I mean, you've got two teams um, undefeated. Newcastle heading into this game with some red-hot form and a lot of confidence against the Premiers. Yeah, well... That's what you want. You, that, you, you want to verse the premiers. That's you mark it down. Doesn't matter who you are. You you look at when they're playing them, and yeah, they've got them week three. They're two and zero, unexpectedly two and zero, and mate, they'll be they'll be fired up for this one. They won't be easy beats, that's for sure. But I think at the end of the day, I think Penrith will have a little bit too much class. They've got that, you know, the premiers are hard to beat, especially early on in the new season. Yes, they weren't perfect last week, but um, I think they'll be too good at the end of the day. Fisher-Harris has been named, but I'm sure he'll be under some sort of doubt, I think. And Cleary's in the extended bench, but I don't think he'll play, as you mentioned before. He'll be saved for the uh, grand final rematch. But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, they'll have too much class. Toll's a massive loss, but, yeah, we'll see how they go. Absolutely, mate. Um, So who are you tipping in this one? And by what? I've got I've 
just pedal by eight. I'm actually really excited for the game. Like, what a start to Super Saturday. Who thought two weeks ago that I'd be so excited for a Knights Tenor game? Yeah, Bathurst. Yep. Out in Bathurst. So, yeah, it'll be a good game, but just looking at the at Penrith's back line there, um, Charlie Staines, besides that debut he had a couple of years ago where he scored four tries, he's really done nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell me how you I, really I feel, mate. He, he killed all of us in Supercoach last year. He's just sitting there collecting 16 points a week while Tottenham's already 400 plus metres a game and but yeah, looking at the back one, I'm still going to tip Penrith, but it's looking a bit, yeah, it's looking a bit weak. Yeah, I mean, we're, don't worry, we're saving the Supercoach chat to the end of the podcast. I've introduced that as a segment of the show, so we'll get to some Supercoach. But I just think um, Newcastle riding high confidence, I can understand why Barrow would tip him. Um, I'm going to go Penrith by four. I think they've just got a little bit too much class. But really, I think that it, that upset could be potentially on the on the cards, considering that this is the most vulnerable Penrith side we've seen in a long time. So, um, huge start to start, a huge start to Super Saturday um, to start the day. Uh, we'll move on to the 5.30 game now, and it's up there at Amy Park, back at home, um, down there in Melbourne, the Melbourne Storm hosting the Parramatta Eels at 5.30. And, I mean, the Eels coming off a, a tight loss, though, they probably deserve to lose that game. I mean, they... Cronulla, you know, they, they scored it late, but really it wasn't the Eels that I expected to see, considering they conceded so many points um, in round one against the Titans. Obviously, they still won that game, but we haven't seen the best from them so far this year. They're versing a Storm team that also 2-0, but it's safe to say we haven't seen their best football either. But versus Melbourne, um, in Melbourne, such a hard task. I know the Eels have got a really good record against the Storm, um, probably one of the best in the league as of recent years, but it's going to be a blockbuster match at on, at 5.30 on Saturday. Um, Cos, what do you think heading into this game and how do you think uh, both teams are travelling in the first fortnight of the competition? Yeah, well, as you said, Melbourne are one of the uh, four teams that are undefeated 2-0, but, you know, if you were just to tell the, the casual fans that the Storm are 2-0, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, who, who'd they put 40 points on that, that this week? But no, they, they had to work for both their, their wins. The Tigers had them, what, 14-0? I didn't see that game. In round one, but I'm pretty sure West had them 14 0. Is that, yeah? And That's then, correct, yep. And then, you know, West couldn't hold on to or anything these days. And <laughs> last week they, uh, well, they were pretty much in the same boat as um, South Sydney. I know South Sydney were making mistakes, but so were, so were Melbourne. And it was just a couple of plays from their star, star playmakers that got them on the board. And, you know, if they held onto the ball, God knows, if both teams held onto the ball, it could have been, you know, 40 all at that rate. But, um, yeah, so I think the Storm definitely haven't been this themselves in the last couple of years. Uh, and Parramatta, on the other hand, well, their round one game's pretty well documented. That was a crazy game of football. I think there was, yeah, 70, was there 70 points, close to 70 points scored in that game between them and the Titans. And then, uh, Last week, the, uh, the the mighty Cronulla Sharks got him there, pipped him at the end. Slow-mo waving uh, like a, the goofball he is. But, um, yeah, I thought I thought that uh, play right before halftime, Mitch Moses, Chip and Chase, as uh, I think you alluded to in our, um, in our chat over the weekend, Barra, that uh, the Chip and Chase is just 
just just gone in, in today's game. But Mitch Moses brought it back, and it's not like he done it for himself. He chipped and Gutho, and he chipped for Gutho, and he tapped it on. And then yeah, it was, I thought that was a game changer. To be honest, I thought that's that was gonna you know swing the momentum in their favour and get them over the line. But the homecoming of um, Shark Park, the uh, Eleven thousand fans that were there got them over the line, but I think um, I think for this game, I think uh, second week in a row back at Amy Park, I think Melbourne would be too strong. But in saying that, there's late breaking news. He was named at hooker, but Harry Grant is out. He's tested positive to COVID, so he's Jeez. he's gone this week. So you expect uh, Wisher, who's named on the bench, to slot in there, and then. Uh, maybe a Nick Meany or they've named Brandon Smith on the on the extended bench, so whether or not he's fit enough to come in. But yeah, that's going to be a huge loss because he was massive last week. Huge loss. I mean, he really controlled the tempo and really got the storm on the on the front foot early. In saying that, Melbourne had their injury issues this year. We've seen Welsh already ruled out for the season. George Jennings is out long term. Smith's uh, the cheese is out for a few more weeks as well. But. One thing, you know, they haven't been great. And, and Munster came back last week. He contributed well. And you've got that guiding influence of him and Hughes and, and some experienced forward leaders in, in the Bromwich brothers and etc. Um, but, you know, they haven't been themselves. You're right, the, the Storm haven't been themselves. But one thing that Bellamy's been able to do still is bring in some young talent um, that have come in and done a job. And, you know, he's already looking towards the next generation of forwards for Melbourne, considering they're losing so many to the Dolphins uh, after this season. The likes of Lareo, McDonald, and Tyra and Wishart, they are all been on the bench. They've all been doing a really good job. In particular, I thought Wishart was fantastic after the Chiefs went down early in that round one game against the Tigers. So I think he'll do a good job stepping in there for Grant. Barra, what do you think um, of these teams? And, I mean, as I, as I said, the Eels have got a really good record against the Storm in Melbourne. And Cos mentioned that chip and chase. It almost seems to me like when... Mitchell Moses is playing well, and I think he's evolved his game and become a really good playmaker over the last season. When he's playing well, Parramatta are playing well, and um, you know I think last week their forwards didn't really rise up. I think they need a much better performance, but how do you see this one going on Saturday night? I think that Harry Grant uh, scratching is a, a huge player in all of this, so if if uh, that's just come through, that yeah definitely might change my margin a little bit. Probably won't change my... My, uh, my pick for the week, but um, yeah, huge player in all of it. I think you're right in the fact that the the Eels and the Storm definitely both haven't shown us uh, their best work so far this year, but in saying that, Eels are the best team in the comp so far with set completion at 83%. If you're completing 83% of your sets, you're doing something right. So even regardless, the fact that we haven't seen them play upper echelon football and they're just they're, they're just getting their sets completed they're doing the right things they're putting themselves in ball games and uh yeah they're allowing guys like mitchell moses to uh to do what he does best and i, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said when he plays well um yeah Parramatta rises up to the occasion and, and he's leading the the comp at the moment in try assist now i'm not going to get too excited there's only two rounds into the into the comp but um yeah it's, it's definitely a stat that you want to lead at the end of the year Absolutely. I mean, as I said last week, it just seems like I know that Cronulla were kinked on their line for a bit, but I want to see a little bit more out of Parramatta's forwards as well. Gillard, Paulo, Nathan Brown, Isaiah, Isaiah Papalihi, we know they've got such damaging forwards, um, but I, I just feel like they're not having the same effect that they did in 2021 so far this year, and I think they need to be tighter. 
uh, and tied right around defensively with the football in hand. And, um, I mean, we'll see how we go um, continuing this game. But I've got the Eels by... Um, actually, I've got the Melbourne. I think the Eels are going to be in the game because Grant's out. But I've got uh, the Storm being a little bit too strong. I've got the Storm by 10 points in this game of football. <laughs> All right, Super Saturday is going to continue at like 5.30. And we actually forgot to get your tip uh, on that last game. Cos, who do you have and why? I've got the Storm by 8 and pretty much just because they're at home. Barrel, what was your tip again? Um, I'm going to go Storm by 6. And I've got Storm by 10. All right. Moving on to our 7.30 game, as I mentioned, it's the Canberra Raiders hosting the Gold Coast Titans at 7.35 down there in Canberra. And they were awful last week, Canberra, against the Cowboys. They couldn't hang on to the ball. The Cowboys made them pay for it. And, uh, you know, all that talk around the Cowboys potentially being wooden spooners, I, myself included, predicted them to be wooden spooners. It was a good performance last Saturday night. Um, they're versing a Titans team who got their first win last weekend against the Warriors. It wasn't... Uh, wasn't pretty by any means of the imagination. It was a little bit sloppy, but they got the job done. Both of these teams, um, you know, one win, one loss, guys. Uh, Snyder, the Canberra halfback who played round one. He had COVID last week. He's back in the mix this week. But the young gun Schiller's been uh, taken out there for uh, Rapana in his return out there in the wing. may shifts into the centres. The Titans, they signed Jermaine Asako randomly today um, when everybody thought he was going to go to the Eels. And he's been named in the 22 jersey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no Corey Thompson still for them either. Um, how do we see this one playing out, guys? I mean, both these teams, kind of two teams that we both really haven't seen the best from them. The Raiders were really good in round one, but they kind of clocked off in round uh, in that second half and Cronulla came back strong with them. And then, um, you know, we saw... We saw a pretty bad performance last week, and the Titans are just all over the place defensively at the moment. Barra, what do you think about these two teams going at it on Saturday night? I like what I saw from the Raiders in round one when they uh, beat Cronulla in that last-minute try from Hudson Young. Oh, sorry, this, in the 75th minute uh, from Hudson Young. I, I was really impressed by their performance in the first week, and, and I thought once again it would be one of those seasons where Cronulla, Raiders, maybe even the Titans are just playing for that 7th, 8th, uh, kind of a position uh, but round two comes along and all that changes so yes there was a couple of uh, lineup uh, changes from round one to round two so I'm not reading into the round two slogging too much but um, yeah from what I saw from the Raiders in round one I was pretty impressed um, uh, I mean they in round two definitely dropped the ball and it, and it, and it was ugly um, they've only completed 64% of sets so they're the third worst in the comp uh, so far in that regard but I think um, I think the Titans have had a sensational start to the year I think they've got a lot of players that are standouts at the moment and um, especially when they move the ball to the left and Firma gets involved I think he's been sensational so far um, I just think guys like Fafida just need to see the ball a little bit more you're paying them like $1.1 million a year and he's just not getting involved enough so I think that'll be an important part of the game um, whether the Titans can get uh, for feeder involved and um, make his presence known. But I think, um, yeah, I'm not going to get dragged down too much by the Raiders' performance in round two. Um, but I, I think they've got a lot to offer. Um, overall, who are you going to tip then going into this one? We'll get Coswell's opinions in the game in a minute, but uh, who do you have? I'm torn. I'm 
torn. This has probably been the hardest tip I've had to I've had to do this week. Uh, I'm, I'm going back to the Titans by two in this one. I think uh, the Titans are putting on a lot of points this season, um, and I think that the Raiders will definitely turn it around after their round two performance and have a better outing. Uh, Cods, what about you, mate? What do you think heading into this game with these two teams? How are they travelling, and who ultimately do you have winning the game? Yeah, well, it's an interesting one. It, it is. I'd probably have to agree, Barrett, in terms of the toughest one to pick. Uh, usually, in, in in past seasons, you'd go, oh, "It's in Canberra, so I'll back them." But I don't really, can't really use that method this year. I thought last week. Um, it's always tough going, um, you know, going to North Queensland, especially this time of year where it's still, you know, like very it's, humid. Uh, it's, what thirty-four degrees and. The humidity is just crazy, and you could see if you watch that game last week, you could see the players just sweating like there's no tomorrow. Like, so I think obviously it's still quite warm in Canberra during the summer, but it's a different uh, climate up there, and I thought they really struggled. Um, Which could aspect and, could show you a bit of uh, problems with their fitness. Then, I mean, it could be concerning. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, agree I mean I you look at so for me both of these teams I mean the key for the Raiders is Jack Warden and you know they didn't have much points they didn't really threaten Cowboys line too much last week I think he needs to get uh much more involved in the team and their attack he was great in round one he just needs to continue that and I think even Snyder's partnership will continue continue to grow which obviously we didn't see it last week because Snyder had COVID but for me both of these teams are a mess defensively I mean the Titans Got such a young, energetic team. Firmer, Baron mentioned him for feeder. Taking a step back, but you know we know what he's capable of. Um, Sexton, Brimston, who cut the game open that first minute against the Warriors last week, and Jaden Campbell at the back. But for me, I don't think um, the Warriors threw much at him, and they still scored 16 points, still almost stole the game. Tries had a dummy half. I mean... Their defense against Parramatta, even though they were scoring as many points as they were letting in, was abysmal in round one. The Raiders, as you mentioned, their fitness wasn't up to scratch last week. I think whoever 
has the better defence will win this game, but I think both of them in shambles at the moment. I don't think Holbrook or Ricky Stewart will be particularly happy with it. Cos, um, who do you have winning this one? Uh, I've got Gold Coast by 10. Just simple facts. You know, uh, Canberra's got a backup after playing in that uh, in that heat last week up there in North Queensland. And I think, yeah, I think Gold Coast, uh, I've got Gold Coast by 10. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders in this one by six. They go opposite of you guys. I just think I do think that GIO Stadium down there in Canberra makes a difference. And as I mentioned, Gold Coast so young, so energetic, and um, scoring a lot of footy, uh, a lot of points, and, and playing some good footy. But defensively, not up the scratch for me. And I think out of these two teams, the Raiders are a little bit more of a. Uh, they're combining well. So, I mean, I, 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 when they're on, they're on the Raiders, and I think that out of, they've got a little bit more grit to them than the Titans have. So that is um, my my prediction for Saturday night, and that's our Super Saturday. So we'll move on to Sunday football now. Up there at Suncorp Stadium, it's the Brisbane Broncos versus the North Queensland Cowboys. And, you know, we've had some classic matches from these two teams over the years, especially 2015, 16, 17. Uh, these two teams have kind of dropped off over, over the last few years. But the Broncos, two from two. Good win against the Bulldogs, even though it was a bit sloppy. But it was they got the two points down there on Sunday night. The Cowboys coming off an impressive win over the Raiders, who were poor. But the Raiders made the most of their opportunities. Their, uh, sorry, the Cowboys made the most of their opportunities. Their hearts really fired. Dearden and, and Townsend had a good game together, which we haven't really seen so far, apart from that week. So... Um, both these teams bringing a bit of confidence heading into Sunday afternoon. Cos, um, who do you think has the advantage heading into this one and why? I mean, we had Reynolds come into the Broncos last week. He just did his job. His kicking game was a big difference maker. But yeah, the Cowboys' halves are firing a little bit and, and their forwards are getting um, over the top of opposition forwards. I think they did a good job against the Bulldogs in round one. I think they did an even better job against Canberra last week. What do you think heading into this one? This one's going to be... This is a cracker. We were in round three, and Brisbane's only featured on Friday night one. So that's that's unheard of in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Got them on a Sunday arvo, and when you look back, when you look at this round as a whole, it's you've got the Broncos and the Cowboys, you've got Dragons and Sharks and Rabbitohs and Roosters. It's a bloody, it's a cracking round. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. If there's not forty thousand people there, I'll be disappointed on a Sunday afternoon up there in Brisbane. Um, as for how I see this game going, um, I think Brisbane are going to have just a little bit too much class. They've got Reynolds there. I rate Adam Reynolds a lot more than I do Chad Townsend. And obviously Payne Haas, you know, don't really need to get too much into him. We all know what he brings, you know. And Kurt Capewell, he's been fantastic in the opening two weeks. Pat Carrigan coming up. What, what injury did he have last year? Was it ACL? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. It was an ACL, I think, after about round eight. Yeah, so he only played a handful of games last year. He's come back uh, pretty strong this year. The year before, he really uh, was one of their best with Payne Haas. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a cracking game. Take nothing away from North Queensland. I think they were fantastic last week. and But on paper, I think Brisbane had a little bit too much class, but it will be close, and I've got Brisbane by one. What do you think about these two teams and their form heading into round three, Barra? Yeah, they've both been two teams that have had an interesting start to the season. I mean, the the Broncos uh, had that Kurt Capewell uh, field goal, which was definitely entertaining. Thanks for bringing Uh, that up, mate. Sorry? Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) Um, But 
for me, when I look at this matchup, it's Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend that have definitely provided me with something that I just didn't expect to see from them uh, this early in the season. I thought it would be an experiment that we'll see maybe five, six weeks in, we'll reassess it, see if one of them needs to change in, change out. But, um, yeah, it's worked. And uh, I know it is early in the season. But for me, um, the forwards pack of the, the Broncos is, is definitely... Um, uh, stronger in, in my eyes, but I think that um, one through to seven, I just, uh, especially with Katoni Staggs uh, being kept quiet and not having too much involvement in the first two weeks, I think um, I think Cowboys are going to have enough in this game, and I've backed them to win here by two. I think it's a really close game to tip. I mean, I've the the Cowboys forwards their young forward pack, um, and when things go wrong, they go wrong quickly for them. But I think their defense has been good. They've only let in two tries. Uh, to open their account this season, the Cowboys, in the in the opening two weeks. Uh, and the Broncos got some young forwards coming off the bench as well. But I just think that Capewell's experience, just like Finucane for the Sharks, has added so much to that Brisbane forward pack. Reynolds and Kelly, I think, are going to be a good half combination all season round. And I actually had the Broncos sneaking into the top eight at the start of the season. I think the Cowboys are going to be up for this. I, think they're going to, I mean, they're always up for it, these, these two teams against each other. But I'm, I'm going to go Brisbane. I got Brisbane by eight points. Cos, what do you think? Who do you have in this one? I think I said Brisbane by one. Oh, did you have Brisbane by one? Sorry, mate. I was too, too much going on, but uh, Brisbane by one. So we both going Broncos. <laughs> Barry's calling the Cowboys. That is our opening game for Sunday, but I think that it's definitely going to be another one of these games that's one of the fence. I think that one's going to be a little bit more low scoring than we've seen for most of the games this week. The Cowboys, as I mentioned, they've only conceded two tries this year, uh, and Brisbane have been involved in two pretty tight matches as well with not much not much points getting scored. So I think it's going to be a um, a bit of a dour kind of defensive encounter there on Sunday afternoon. All right, let's head into the final game of the round now. Um, it's the Manly Seagulls versus the Canterbury Bulldogs at Four Point Parks at Brookvale uh, at 6.15. And the Bulldogs, um, they were unlucky lucky not to win against the Broncos on Sunday night. I think they've had a pretty impressive start. Obviously, the combinations are still getting worked out they're still trying to figure out what kind of team they want to be and how they want to play, but it looks like they've got a lot of commitment in their defensive efforts, which you know had to be there considering their woeful 2021. And obviously, all these players are going to take some time to gel with each other, but they're versing a Manly team that are, the majority of this squad have played together for a long time, and um, it just hasn't been there the few, first few rounds. I mean, they've been poor in both encounters. They've been two tough opposition that they versed, but... Uh, as, as we mentioned at the start of the show, it's almost like if Tommy Turbo can't get involved, they, they run out of ideas and, and options and they can't get it together. Um, Cos, what do you think heading into this game? Do you think Manly can bounce back after a zero from two start? Well, yep, as, as yeah, well, Manly fans will be hoping so. Um, their first home game of the year at Brookie Oval. No idea what it's called these days. but yeah, Four Brookie points. Oval. Four points, mate. The, the craft beer. Terrible beer. Never had it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Barra's had a few uh, four points in his day. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I might really rate Brent Barrett as a coach, but I really hope that he's learned from last year and he has a game plan for Tom, because if he doesn't, then this could be anything, really. But I think first game back, uh, pretty sure they got a new grandstand at Brookie over there, the Northern Grandstand's all done. They're the first work that's done in Manly for 50 years because I tell you, they've got the oldest and worst kind of looking stadium in the NRL. That's crazy that, you know, 
since 2022, and you know Penrith's been given the green light for their stadium to be knocked down and and built from scratch and manly. Yeah, all those people up there at the northern beaches—they got plenty of money behind them. Just upgrade the stadium, guys. What you all millionaires living in the northern beaches? Time to upgrade your, your footy team stadium, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> looks like it looks like a gorilla park. That stadium looks like where the real gorillas play mainly because they upgrade the stadium. But yeah, back onto this game. What do you think, mate? Yeah, look, uh, Canterbury. I didn't really see much of round one, uh, but um, mate, we all loved it. The the game on Sunday night between Brisbane and Canterbury. I think uh, the the days of them being the East. Beats, you know, go in, you check your super coach uh, who's playing Bulldogs, put the captaincy on them. I think those days are done. I think they're going to show up. They're going to play for each other. Like, just look at the Fox, you know. I know he's not scoring tries because he doesn't have, you know, Pappenhauser or Munster with him, but uh, the energy that he's bringing, you, you see every time the opposition drops the ball, he's just, he's first in the picture there. He's got his arms up, he's getting the team fired up. That's what's been missing at that club leadership and, and that's uh, what he's bringing he's bringing that leadership he just yeah he's the energy there I, I was loving the energy even though they, they they lost but you could argue that you know there was a bit of controversy there with the uh, um, uh, what's his name the center for the Brisbane obstruction Herbie Farnsworth yep and where he scored and uh, Braden Burns was supposedly impeded and should have been a penalty and whatnot. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, these two teams played uh, once last year from memory, and that was 66-0. It was an absolute drubbing, and they'll just, you know, Tom Javoy, which was just setting up and scoring for fun. And I, th- I don't, it's definitely not going to be like that. They're definitely going to have to earn their first win of 2022. And um, I've got Manly by 16, I think. They will have a bit too much class at the end of the day. And that's not, not taking anything away from Canterbury. I think they've been fantastic in the opening two weeks and their fans should be looking forward to each and every week where they you know, can actually show up and not get flogged. But I think um, Cherry Evans is the key for me this week. He's been pretty ordinary and he's got his critics out there. He's got the, you know, it was well documented that he backflipped on the Titans all those years ago and signed this massive deal with them and really hasn't delivered much, let's be honest. So, yeah, I think he's really got to take this team on his shoulders with Tom and, and um, get back to that 2021 form. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I'll, I'll talk about Manly just in a second, but for me, how good is Matty Burden? I mean, he's challenging the line all the time. He's trying to make things happen. It hasn't all gone the Bulldogs' way so far this year, but he's having a dig, which is what you want to see out of your key signings. He's trying everything in his power to make sure the, the Bulldogs are winning games and being competitive in football matches, just like the Fox and just like some of their new recruits. For me, the Bulldogs, they've been pretty good to start the year, but these te- it's a brand new team. It's going to take time. And I think they're going to have some setbacks along the way, and I think this weekend's going to be a setback because Manly have been awful. And for me, their forward pack, you talk about Cherry Evans, sure, their hearts are under pressure, but their forward pack's basically been passengers. They've just been dominated in the middle of the field every game. Sure, Jake, Jake Turbo's out there making 50 tackles a game, but nobody's making meters. Who's them? Apart from Oluquatu, there's no one in that forward pack that looks threatening. Paseca, uh, friggin', um, 
Kepi, all these guys, Lawton, uh, Bullymore, they need to be better because their forward pack is letting them down. How can Tommy and Cherry Evans get involved in this football game and make a difference? Their forward pack's just not showing up for, for each other. I just think it's it's been very poor this year. Um, their energy, they, they, I don't know if that forward pack's fit enough, um, but I think that Manly are going to come out and make a statement. I think they're going to, going to have to. I think that Tommy, you need to find other ways to... in kind of uh, bring him in the game. I think he's going to roam both sides. Um, but even if he's a decoy man, and while making other things, because the amount of attention Tommy attracts by defenders, there's three or four people coming on to him every time he's about to get the ball. So you can take advantage of that if you're manly. I think their forward pack steps up. Um, the Bulldogs won't be easy beats, but I think they'll have enough to uh, win this game manly. I've got manly by 20, and I think manly need this win. If manly lose this game, I think they're in big trouble in 2022. Barra, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think you're right about Matt Burton being the X factor. I think he needs to play well for this game to uh, be a good uh, fight between the two teams. But I'm just looking at the team list that have just been published uh, this afternoon, and I'm going through them, and the team isn't that different to the team that made the semifinals last year, and your South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, did a number on them in the semis. But it's a good lineup, and this lineup should be playing better than they have been playing through the first two weeks. Now, people have been coming out saying that, oh, they need to be better through the centre of the field and and uh, if you give the halves a better field position uh, to work with, then they can make something happen. But you've built your roster the way you wanted it to, so make it work. There's no excuses now. You've got seven players in this competition that earn a million bucks a season and two of them are playing for your team. So if you're playing two blokes over a million bucks each and that's the way you wanted to make your roster, then you need to make it work. So yes, I understand that in the centre of the field, you guys need to, yes, you need to be better for the forwards and, and you need to push the ball up the field a little bit more and give these guys opportunities to be threatening. But at the end of the day, that's the roster you've got and you need to make it work. So... But I think, yeah, in, in terms of the Bulldogs, they have been exciting to watch uh, through the first two weeks. That game versus the Broncos last week was definitely a cracker. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, think the, I think the Eagles definitely get their win this week. But I don't think it's going to be by much. I don't think it's going to be a game where I'm going to say to myself, all right, the Eagles have turned it around um, onto round four now. I, I think they're just going to get it done, and I think they're going to get it done by about six points. I don't think it's going to be... Um, stellar, and I don't think it's going to be groundbreaking, but I think it'll be enough just for them to say, hey, let's cool the horses for a bit here. Okay, we've got our win. Let's continue to move forward. Absolutely. All right, let's recap our tips. It's been a long show, but just a recap. For everybody at home, um, why don't you start us off, Cos? Why don't you read out your tips for round three? All right, I've got Dragons by 10, Warriors by 6, Rabbits by 4, Penrith by 8, Storm by 8, Gold Coast by 10, Brisbane by 1, and Manly 16. Barrow, next one, you go, mate. I never remember the margins I say that teams are going to win by, but Coz has got to run them down. I'm not that professional. Barrow, <laughs> let's have a look. Why don't you recap your tips for the ring, mate? Uh, I've got Sharks to win on Thursday night by 10. I've got the Warriors uh, to do the Tigers by 6. I've got the Roosters to put a number on the Rabbits by 18. And my upset of the round would be Knights to do the Panthers by two. Um, Storm, just six points over the Eels there. Titans by two over the Raiders in a tough match. Uh, Broncos versus Cowboys have the Cowboys by two. And the Eagles just to get past the Bulldogs by six. 
And for Steve's NRL footy tips, I've got the Sharks just getting over the top of the Dragon on Thursday night. I've got the Warriors being way too good for this dismal West Tigers team on Friday night. I've got the Rabbitohs upsetting the Roosters in the second game of Friday night football. My Super Saturday looks like this. I've got the Panthers being good in a shootout against the Knights. I've got uh, Melbourne beating Parramatta, and I've got Canberra uh, beating the Gold Coast Titans. On the Sunday, I've got Brisbane being too good for the Cowboys and Manly making a statement against the Bulldogs. That is our tips for round three of the Telstra Premiership. Guys, I usually put a best bet in. Um, We won't do that this week, but what I will say is give me some value with one team. What's one team that you think are definitely going to win? And give me something that you like. Because if you're going to go $1.10, which there isn't really any this week, you got to go 1 to 12, 13 plus, something like that. I'll start us off because I've kind of put you on the spot. Um, mine is um, see our Sydney head-to-head. I think it's a really important week for them. I think they will deliver. I think they will get the job done. I also really like the Cronulla Sharks at $1.70. I think that's good value. So, uh, Coz, what do you got for us? Give me a sec. Barra, what do you got for us? <laughs> I would say give me a sec as well, but we're live here, so I'll run with it. Um, I, I really, really, really do like Newcastle over Penrith, but if you don't like it as much as I do, maybe take the line on it. But I think it's going to be a close match. Yep. Uh, Cos, what do you got for us? You got anything there? Yeah, I've got two for you. I've got Dragons at 210. I like that. Good value either way if you can pick no. the winner. That, get that We don't game. like that, because We don't like any part of that. <laughs> and Gold Coast is 2-10. Give me those. Give me those two. Nice. Some good value if you can pick them um, for sure. Before we wrap it up, we got to get going. But uh, I've been doing a Supercoach segment this year. My boys of the week in Supercoach. Now, we're all in a comp together. No one just give too much away. But is there anyone you got your eye on in our Supercoach this week that you're thinking has to be in everybody's team moving forward? I thought 100% it was uh, Harry Grant for those that um, were struggling in that hook-in position, but with the news that he's going to be out, um, bit, it's tough because, um, you know, they could they could miss up to, you know, two or three weeks. So that he was my uh, my must, not must-have, but my buy, but I'll probably go um, Nico Hines. He's been in good form. Some good scores there for Nico. I mean, I've had my doubts, and I still have my doubts, but he's been scoring well, for sure. Um, what about you, Barra? Go. Oh, go. What's the I other? I love that a member of the Red V's just said Nico Hines 48 hours out from the bloodbath. I love it. Wow. What do you got? You got anyone else, Cos? That you want to mention? Uh, it was literally those two, Grant and oh, Grant, um, yeah, Hines. Hines. Yeah, that's fair enough. Barra, what, what about you, mate? What about you? You got anyone for us? Uh, in, ter- in, in terms of my Supercoach team, that Crichton news that Coz just dropped uh, 20 minutes ago um, definitely shakes things up a little bit. Well, we burst each other, so if it, if it helps, I've got him as well. I, I actually think, speaking of the Crichton news, that the good value is Olukawatu for Manly. He's got 71 and 51. I think he got one try assist one of those weeks. But most of those points are coming off base stats. He's about, I think he's about 520,000. I think if Manly's attack can get going, he's going to be a big feature. And I think he might be able to barrage few, uh, through a few of these Bulldogs forwards this week. I think he's a good buy. Olukawatu. Um, is a buy for me. I also think that everybody's got to get Josh Keane this week. 250 grand 
for the Storm. He's starting. He's got scores of 40 and 50. I think he's a good cheapy. I think he'll do a jo- good job this year. And I even think he might keep his starting spot when the cheese comes back, potentially moving to the second row. So I think he's a good buy. Barry, you got anyone for us? Uh, I mean, I'm versing Cos this week, so he's probably looking at my lineup here. But Tom Dearden, I think he needs to be in teams. He's got like a break even of minus eight. He's averaged 63 points through. Uh, the first two weeks, and he's at the Broncos this week. So nice, nice, uh, nice picks. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, is there anything you want to say to each other before your big Sharks versus Dragons match this weekend? Before we go off the air. Up, up, Cronulla. Cause any reply to that? <laughs> hey, Cos, just bring it. Just bring a change of shirt if you need to get changed at half time. All right. I might not even see you guys for the rest of the season if we can't get ahead of either one of you on the ladder because uh, we need to win this weekend. Go the Rabbitohs. Thank you guys for being a part of Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Um, I hope you guys, we can do it again sometimes if you're invited back. But if you beat me on predictions this week and get more footy tips than me, you might not be welcome back next time. <laughs> having a quick look they've drawn the line at ten and a half for the Panthers versus Newcastle game now I know that's a huge call me taking the Knights by two but I think ten and a half that's that's something he loves Newcastle he loves Newcastle this week (laughs) alright guys well thank you for being a part of the show we'll talk soon and uh, thanks everybody enjoy your football this week and we'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips